Welcome back to another episode of Take a 20. Really appreciate you guys for tuning in. If it's your first episode, thank you for checking it out. If you're on your on your little winning streak right now and you've been here since the beginning or second episode, third episode, whatever, I really appreciate you guys being here. It means a lot to me. I appreciate all the feedback appreciate the DMs that everybody is sending me saying like great pod or even just giving me little notes to actually do. So really appreciate all of you guys. Um, also big shout out to Freddie, Freddie NBA show. I was actually on his podcast, uh, last Sunday actually. And, oh no, it was uh Tuesday, Tuesday and it's up on SoundCloud. You can go to his profile uh, Freddie NBA show at, um, at Instagram or on Instagram rather, (laughs) but yeah, you can go out and, uh, check out that podcast. I had a lot of fun doing that one was a little bit under the weather. Um, got food poisoning on Monday and just really took me out. So that's why I missed the pod last Monday. Um, just doing this one as a quick catch-up of there were a a bit of things that I wanted to talk about last Monday but didn't get to it so I just want to break this one down a little bit more Um, and forewarning to everybody this is going to be more of a clipper centric podcast or episode rather um just due to all the things that I wanted to get out. And, you know, preseason is, like, right around the corner. This is the last weekend that we have before the NBA comes back. So thought, no better time than now. So why not? Jumping right into it, um, I wanted to talk about the John Wall to the Clippers. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see now that I switched over to my mock trade-up for John Wall. And just because I have a mock trade doesn't mean that I would want to trade for John Wall. I don't think it's a trade that we should make happen uh, just because of how many players we're going to have to give up in order to get John Wall. But here I mocked up. We're trading off Luke Kennard, Eric Bledsoe, and Serge Ibaka. With those three players, I mean, Luke Kennard did shoot the ball pretty well during the playoffs in certain stints, but he's just been kind of <clears throat> a huge, not a huge non-factor, but he's been a bit of a non-factor since he's come to the Clippers, and everybody wants him to be confident. Everybody wants him to be aggressive and be that shooter <clears throat> that everybody believes that he can be. And, you know, he just hasn't proven that to me. So that's why I think, like, it would be okay for him to be included in this trade if it were to happen. Again, this is something that I'd rather not happen. Um, I do want John Wall on the Clippers, though with his salary, it it would just make us very hard-strapped to add death. So with that being said, I, I don't think that this is a, a good trade. Um, also, to make the money match, you have to include Serge Ibaka. 
and that's that's just what it is you know um you can it's once you get Luke Kennard and Eric Bledsoe into the trade you still need to get 5.7 million into that trade for it to actually match up and amongst all the players that you have options to Serge Ibaka is the one that makes the most viable sense and I'll get more into that there has actually been a report that came out quite recently about Serge Ibaka and his recovery time and how things are going to be going so with this trade like with the Clippers would the Clippers trade for John Wall I don't think so but if he were to get bought out that's definitely somebody that they would be going hard at and you know if you're able to add a John Wall for nothing like that that exponentially makes the team a lot better Uh, you see in this trade is projecting that the Rockets would uh, increase by three wins with getting all these players and the Clippers would decrease by three wins, um, their projected wins. So, yeah, I, I just, this is going heavy off of analytics. I don't think that there's no way that you add John Wall to a team and you lose extra games along with the Paul George, Reggie Jackson, like, no, it, it, it doesn't happen. So that that's another reason why I really don't like analytics. And you just, you have to watch players and like, that's something that a a whole lot of people don't understand is like that eye test. You can fake analytics. You can't fake an eye test. That's all I'm going to say. And with that being said, there's not much else to go really into this. Like, yeah, I would love to have John Wall. Do I want to get trade all these players for John Wall? I'd I'd rather not. But, you know, maybe maybe there's something down the line that like John Wall gets to a situation where he's like, you know what? Um, I'm kind of tired of not playing and not competing. I'll go ahead and take that buyout because there's certain places where you can actually recoup that money. For example, Blake Griffin, he's more likely than not going to recoup his money that he left on the table for Detroit while being out in Brooklyn. Yes, he did sign a vet minimum contract. I'm pretty sure it was a vet minimum. But with a personality like with a personality like Blake Griffin, sorry, the crow threw me off. Um, with a personal personality like Blake Griffin's, he just it makes it very easy for him to get endorsement deals. So, and he's still getting paid that Jordan money. He's he's good. He's making his money. So it's not like when these players get bought out, they're they're really suffering. You know, though with John Wall, I know Adidas is something that they they discussed to buy out and now he's no longer getting paid by Adidas I believe but you know that's that's um I I just can't see John Wall ended ending up on the Clippers in any other way other than a buyout situation 
I know that there's been reports of the Clippers fielding offers to the Houston Rockets. I don't know how true that is, but if if it were to be true, the trade package would more likely than not look something very similar to a Serge Ibaka, Eric Bledsoe, and Luke Kennard. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I have to say on that. And initially, I was really gonna tear in to Lawrence Frank uh, just because the first article, and this is the whole thing about quoting and reporting. You you need to give the full quote. You can't just take a little excerpt and say, like, hey, I believe that he'll be good for Minnesota. Because that, like, automatically that pissed me off. I'm sorry, like, it, it Sports Illustrated, like, you, you really, really need to give the entire quote, you know? I don't know what Doc Rivers' entire quote was on Ben Simmons, but he went on to first take and he made an argument that he wasn't trying to say what it's made it seem like they, the media, how they cut it, how it looked, how it sounded. So that's that's something that I know the media is very notorious for. So I'm, I'm glad that I actually found a good site, uh, heavy.com, where they actually gave the entire quote. They actually gave a whole lot more information than Sports Illustrated. I mean, they they actually, it, it seems like they actually paid attention to the entire conversation rather than just sitting there and being like, okay, like what's going to, what's going to be a good, like clickbait, uh, article title, you know, it's, it's, it's very, ugh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's slimy. It's, it's very slimy. But anyway, enough about Sports Illustrated. Um, with this article, it it was cool because I saw like, okay, Clippers president has strong words on Patrick Beverly exit. I was like, well, what I saw was was nothing. He he didn't really say anything. So I like how they gave the full breakdown. And just basically Lawrence Frank being very transparent. He was like, hey, first and foremost, we wanted to re-sign Kawhi. We want to bring back the whole core group. So Kawhi, Reggie, Nicholas Batum, like those were the main focuses, which is great like, because all of them committed to either three-year, two-year deals. So they're, they're locked in. But, you know, see – and that's that's it right there. It's the sh- part of the business. Like that right there automatically sounded so much better than what Sports Illustrated had put out. So I was intrigued. I was like, wait, when did he say that? I don't see where he saw that with Sports Illustrated. But you know, with Sports Illustrated this and they didn't even include like majority of this it's it's really it's really ridiculous and it's it's so funny because they they completely misquoted him 
on Sports Illustrated, the more that I'm reading this, they they really they took out so much. Wow. Okay. That's 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 ridiculous. They took out. They actually took out certain things. They just. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't talk about this. With Pat, Pat did everything in his power every single day to prepare to play and compete every single play. They did not include that. Like it's it's just so it's so funny. Yeah, this is this is all that they really included. Pat will be part of our lives and wish him nothing but the best. I think he'll be a huge impact with Minnesota. That that was literally all that they put in Sports Illustrated. But here, they're giving you the full thing. So, I think sometimes the perception is when you trade someone, one, like you were unsatisfied with them, which no. With Pat, Pat did everything in his power every single day to prepare to play and compete every single play. Two, that once you trade someone, it's like, okay, like the relationship is over. And with Pat, like, you know, forever Pat will be part of our lives and wish him nothing but the best. I think he'll have a huge impact with the Minnesota Timberwolves, so it's a part of the business. But I think one where you try to, well, he's... I'm I'm sure I've listened to Frank Vogel or not Frank Vogel, Lawrence Frank talk and um, yeah this this is exactly how he talks. He's he's a he's a real funny guy, real great guy. Um, where you try to you deal with it straightforward. You give people advance notice. You talk to Pat. You talk to the agent. You explain the why, and it sinks in quite frankly. There you go. How hard was it for Sports Illustrated to actually include all of that? You know, it it shouldn't have been hard. There, there's no reason. Like, are, are you guys, like, it, it, paying per square pixel for, like, I, I don't, I just didn't get it at all. So it was, it was very refreshing to read this article and see the full depth of Lawrence Frank's thought process on actually trading away Eric Bledsoe and how he he truly feels about it, you know. And then moving on to his 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 statement about Kawhi, Lawrence Frank, along with Steve Ballmer, they're both not willing to put their hand down and say like hey this is when Kawhi is going to come back because nobody knows nobody knows when he will be back and they don't want to say anything to upset him so yeah he said no one knows like it's like let's let's see He's, quote, no one knows, and we do, don't do even breach that. You know? See, that's that's the whole thing. Is like, let him, they're letting Kawhi decide what's best for him. You know? And is it going to work out in 
their best interest? I I don't know. Maybe it will we'll have to wait and see, you know, because with with an ACL injury, like that's scary. I don't think people understand how scary it is. Um just because it's you lose a lot of mobility, you know. It's it's a very very scary injury and one that quite frankly needs to be monitored very closely. So them taking this approach makes complete sense. Kawhi, I don't expect to be in, like, I don't expect him to play a single game. Even when the Clippers make the playoffs without him, I don't expect, I don't expect him to come back and be like, oh, like, let me just try and squeak in a couple of games. No, I, I don't see that happening because he, he would know, like, throwing myself out there, like, that quickly and into intense playoff basketball, I have a very good chance of either re-aggravating this injury or hurting myself in some other way. So, I don't see Kawhi Leonard playing a single game this season, which is completely fine. I, I honestly, it's not that I don't care. It's just that I'd, I'd much rather him take it easy and go the right way health-wise than it go the opposite way. You know, I this is something that I always talk to people about is like Kevin Durant is my favorite player, but I don't want to see him get injured, you know. So, for example, like in, in the playoffs when everybody was saying like, oh, you should go out, you should go out. You should play, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, yo, if if you're not feeling good, bro, like, don't play. Like, I, I, it, it just baffled me. Just everybody had this sense of like, oh, suck it up. Tough up. Like, look look what happened to Blake Griffin with Detroit. Like, he, he was limping real bad. And that's probably going to affect him later on in life, you know? He's probably... It's it's really upsetting when fans, media, and people who just honestly just really don't know too much about dealing with injuries or basketball in general, they give you these opinions and saying like, oh, well, he should be out there. I'm like, no, he should not. <laughs> Torn, and it was the same thing with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I was happy to see him playing because he's one of my favorite players, but knowing that, like, he's playing pretty much on one ankle was really upsetting to me, because I'm just like, well, if if he lands wrong on that one ankle that he's on, then what, what then? What happens then? So, I've always been a huge advocate of you know, the player's health is first and foremost, the most important. It, and that's, that's really it. That's all that I have to say about that. Kawhi can take as long as he wants to rehab this injury. And the same thing with Serge Ibaka. Now we're, we're getting more into these statements uh, from Lawrence Frank. It's kind of broken up into different articles, but 
he also talked about Serge Ibaka and how he's essentially going to be going into training camp doing non-contact stuff. So I actually do follow Serge Ibaka on Instagram and I've been seeing him working out and getting back into basketball shape. He looks good. He looks fit. He looks healthy. The only thing is, is like he's he's coming back from a back injury. I he was actually doing those. I don't know what that workout is actually called, but when you have a medicine ball and you throw it against the wall and catch it again, he was actually doing that drill and or that uh, workout, and his mobility it it didn't look like he he was bothered too much you know like yeah you're working out you're gonna you're gonna wince but it didn't look like he had any trouble with his movement now it's it's just a matter of like how is he gonna be able how how does he run how does he back down people it's it's gonna be according to Lawrence Frank it sounds like they're gonna take it very very slow so, like you said, it's going to be start off non-contact by himself. Then it's going to gradually get up to contact with just a one-on-one and then continue to build from there. So, it'll probably go one-on-one, three-on-three, five-on-five. And that's probably how his progression is going to go, which, like they say in this article, it, it makes it very interesting for the rest of <clears throat> these um, these centers that we uh, signed to training camp deals, essentially, because none of them are guaranteed. Like, Harry Gills is a really interesting uh, situation. I can see him being a really good fit. Now, something, like, I'm... When I look at him, he just... To me, he should be a Portland Trailblazer. I I know he hasn't been with that team for, like, I don't know how long. But, like, or did I do, like, a random trade for that? Hold on. Let me, let me see. Because I, I might have, I might have just made that up. No, he did play for Portland. Ha. Yeah, no, see. I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But, yeah, with Isaiah Hartenstein, I hope I'm saying his name right, uh, that kid, I was like, who who is this? Like, literally, I was like, who who is this? Like, why, why did we sign him? Because I personally, I wanted Cousins back. So once we picked up Gills and um, Arnstein and then Moses Wright, Moses Wright actually looks like he can be a decent player. I don't know if we'll have space to actually sign him. Um, and also, like they say in this, in this article, um, he is listed as a forward. I do look at him more as a power forward. I don't see that that good defensive presence for him to be able to play the center position. He can play probably play spot minutes, but I wouldn't say that he would be a a third string uh, center. 
But with that being said, between Harry Gills III and Isaiah Arnstein, I mean, we're, we're kind of in a good position, you know. Um, again, I really, really wish DeMarcus Cousins was was back with the Clippers, but, you know, such is life. And, you know, maybe he'll end up back with Sacramento. That would be a really nice reunion. I would love to see that. And it would be a really good thing for Marvin Bagley. He he could learn a lot from Cousins. So, yeah, you know, everything is moving in the right direction. If I had to choose between these two, I would, again, like I said, Harry Gills, I feel deserves to stay. He deserved to stay in a Portland uniform. Um, I felt like he performed well enough for that team in key situations where he he had earned that. So I'm very, very shocked that the Trailblazers let him let him go. But, you know, he he is very injury prone. Um, but it's it. Um, he's a good player. He's a really good player. So if we were to end up with either one of them, I'd be extremely happy. But I, I definitely am leaning more towards Isaiah just because he just seems like the better all around player. And. Honestly, like watching his highlights, I was just like, wow, this kid can be dominant. Like he's already starting to fill out a little bit. He, after a few years, he could could actually end up taking the starting center position away from Zoo. I could see that actually happening. So, you know, Clippers are in a good spot. It's, um... It's going to be interesting because, you know, I want to see if Zoo continues to, like, shed every single season that he's come into. He's been way more fit than the previous season. So I want to see if he continues in that trend because, dude, he can get real scary. Like, I mean, his, his, whole, his whole thing is who's soft. So... You know, it, it'll be it would be very, very nice to see see Zoo continue to develop and and build out his NBA body, you know, and before I move on to something a little bit more like I'm I'm just going to touch on it really quick because this this is absolutely ridic- ridiculous. Um before I get into one of the goats. So here we go. We want out. We want out. And we'll go to whatever degree we have to go in order to get out. We want to be anywhere but in Philadelphia. The Ben Simmons drama continues. It honestly, at, at this point, it's it's getting laughable because not only is this making Ben Simmons look bad, it's making the whole player movement look bad. So, 
like, for example, players of the 76ers were trying to fly out to L.A. to have a sit-down meeting with Ben Simmons and just, like, talk. And he was like, nope, don't, don't come. Don't come. And it's just like, all right, dude, because you're being a drama queen. You're being a prima donna. And I, I, I really, really, really am disappointed. Very disappointed. And, you know, once the CBA is up, this is going to be a huge issue. You know, people, this could very well mess up a, a lot of people's money. Because Ben Simmons needs to remember the NBA is a business. A lot of these players, once they get traded, they realize, oh, it's a business. At no point do I think that Ben Simmons has actually realized that this is a business that he needs to show up to work, that he needs to show people why they should want to trade for him. Because if his attitude is like this, then no, nobody wants that. Nobody. Because you're trading off of, okay, well, maybe he'll be happier here. Maybe. I I don't know. So it's it's just a situation of, you know... He's, I'm, 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 just, I'm just so, so tired of it, so tired of it, and you know, people are saying like, oh, a Ben Simmons trade will happen sooner than later. I, I honestly can't see that happening. You know, I could see this playing out where it drags out the entire season to be completely honest, because unless it goes, it would have to be a situation where a team got off to a really bad start. And I'm talking a really bad start. Like they lost their first five games in a row to where then they're saying like, all right, like let's, let's look at what we should be. Like maybe we can be a little bit more realistic there is not happening. It's not happening. So I the teams that are out there that they think are gonna be really, really bad, like the Washington Wizards, Trailblazers, like these are the teams, primary teams that they're focusing on because of Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal. You know, I'm sure that they would turn their attention to the Bulls, if they got off to a bad start and it seemed like Levine wanted out. But, you know, honestly, it seems like Levine wants to stay in Chicago long term, regardless of what happens. So it's it's a situation of, like, he he needs to be realistic. You know, if you're going to act like this, take a buyout. Just take a buyout. You... You have that option to say, hey, just buy me out. We can discuss a buyout. But no, you're trying to get traded and continue to sit out. So, you know what? Do do you, dude. 
Rich Paul, do you. Good luck in your lawsuit and good luck with this because honestly, I don't. I'm surprised that more people are not on you right now and telling you to actually get Ben Simmons to do something, to at least show up to training camp, to at least sit down with his teammates and hear them out and see what they want to talk about. Um, um, and yeah, it's, it's still a sore subject for me, still. And it makes no sense, no sense whatsoever. Oh. Forget all of that. Yeah, team payroll is third. We're it's only behind. I think the. Sorry, I I exited out of the page of Ben Simmons and automatically got to the Clippers salary page on Hoops Hype and. Yeah, we're we're the number three ranked uh, payroll in the NBA. The first two, yeah, Golden State and Brooklyn. So, Lakers right under us. Only, wow, Brooklyn is paying up the wazoo. Okay, that's... Oof. All right. So, one of the last things that I really wanted to talk about, I kind of got into it the last time about how the the schedule comes out for the Clippers and it's... It, Every single every single season is like this, where we we have the toughest schedule. And you know, I'll I'll let Jerry West explain um, his thoughts on that, and also his his excitement about us getting our own arena. Been a, a great building, staple. But when you're the third third tenant in a building. I mean, my goodness, we have the worst schedule every year. And <clears throat> this will allow uh, this team to have uh, a schedule that's more fair and uh, also not be as taxing on the players. And at the end of the day, the most important things are the fans will enjoy this experience. So um, <clears throat> there's so many things in this building that you the intricate things that are amazing. Uh, it's, it's for the fans. See, there you go. The goat himself explains the logo, and see, and that's that's really it is just being the third tenant in line for the Staples Center automatically gives us a, a bad record or a, not a bad record but a bad bad um, schedule. It just it always does, and you know, especially now that we're not going to be at Staples. We don't have to worry about that whole Grammy week. So that is actually something that I'm really looking forward to. I'm I'm excited about the new arena. I know all the Clipper fans are. Clipper Clipper Daryl is going insane. So, you know, it's, it's a good time to be a Clipper fan. And you know what? Before I get out of here, I want to just touch on David Griffin and everything that's going on in New Orleans. Just because I feel like not enough people can give takes, you know. So, 
here's just my take on the whole situation. And like I was talking about before, it's all about player health. And, you know, there's a certain certain wiggle room where, you know, all right, your minute restriction is, let's say, I mean, that's not even, I was going to say 36, but that's not even a restriction. Let's say your restriction is 25 minutes. As a coach, you should be able to make that judgment call of saying like, all right, he, he played 25, but looking at it, I I feel like he can go an extra five. Just, just give it kind of like that. Um, Zion is people reports are saying that Zion was very upset with the training staff and doesn't talk with David Griffin anymore. And it's, it, David Griffin did the right thing in terms of like, Hey, we're going to stagger your minutes. We need you to reduce your weight, you know? That whole situation while he was in college was very scary, very terrifying. It could have gone a whole different way. Something else could have popped other than his shoe. So that's when I first saw that clip, I was just like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. So I, I totally get the concern that he needs to just get a little bit more in shape being enormous. <laughs> might not be helping that situation like might have to lay off the gumbo but it's it's something that he he needs to do he needs to work on and something that I'm I'm confident that he can actually do and work on we'll see what type of shape he comes into this NBA season but you know I just wanted to touch on that very quickly I I think that is ridiculous that people are referring to Jerry Krause as some sort of villain and that's and that's part of the part of the problems that I had with the last dances I have a lot of respect for Jerry Krause um his life was not easy he came from uh children of immigrants and he he worked for everything that he got you know it's it's very unfortunate that he's portrayed in this kind of light where people think that he was some sort of villain. Let's get this very crystal clear. Nobody really wanted Phil Jackson in the NBA as a coach. He was in the CBA as a scout, I believe. Or no, I I think he was a coach down in the CBA. Um, But nobody was looking at Phil as a coach for any NBA franchise. They didn't even want him on the staff. So without Jerry Krause, he never gets into the league as a coach. You know, he, it, it just, he brought together that entire team, you know? He makes 
this crazy deal to get like a, a pretty wild deal to actually land Scottie Pippen. He listened and acknowledged other people's opinions about Horace Grant. Now, he believed in Tony Kukoc. He immediately called Steve Kerr when Jordan was was retired, let's just say. Um, so, you know, he, without Jerry Krause, there is no Bulls legacy because those, those pieces would have never really come together, you know? So, and it just, one thing that I really implore everybody to do if you haven't already, please listen to the podcast episode with Woj and Jerry Krause. It is one of the best interviews that you will ever hear. He he is very integral to the history of the NBA, to the history of basketball. So for people to say like, hey, David Griffin, I would take that as a compliment that people are calling you Krause. I would, I would just say that because it, it it it's laughable. It's honestly laughable, you know, that people have a problem with somebody doing their job the right way. You know, there's so, there's a lot of general managers that do not do their job the right way. You know, it's, for example, you know, Bob Myers has come out and apologized. He's cried about the whole Kevin Durant thing. And Bob Myers was one of the ones who was telling him, like, get out there, get out there, play, play. So, you know, it's it's a balancing act. You have to, first and foremost, as a general manager, your job is to protect your team and make sure that they're in the best position to win. Not only presently, but in their future, wherever you guys want to go. Part of that is ensuring that you keep your players healthy. So it's, it, it, David Griffin is doing, in my opinion, a good job with that. You could get into all the other things about him letting Lonzo walk and, trading away picks to get Devontae Graham and you know Devontae Graham is actually I think people forget that Devontae Graham is a legit player like dudes like talk about a prolific score he's when healthy he's a monster so it it just doesn't really make any sense the way that people are talking about the Pelicans. I mean, I look at the starting lineup, I look at their bench, and I'm just like, well, this is probably the season that they actually get into the play-in round. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably end eight, eighth or seventh. 
to be completely honest. I that's where I see them ending. So that 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 was just my thoughts on that. I said in the beginning this is going to be very clipper centric but ended up going all over the place. <laughs> so that being said, that will end this episode. Um thank you guys very much for watching this one or listening to it either way i really appreciate it if you guys have any questions or feedback that you want to give me any topics that you want me to talk about uh just go ahead shoot me a dm my dms are open man like i i really don't have a problem with answering anything i love people reaching out and that's part of the reason why i really started doing this because i just love talking basketball so it's like the description says just a guy from LA who loves to talk hoops yeah with that being said appreciate all you guys for tuning into this episode and try and enjoy your your weekend and you know basketball season is right around the corner right around the corner we have Let me get out of here, you guys. Peace.